Welcome to another edition of the Colts Convert Podcast. This is your host, Derek, and today we are going to continue another episode of our 2020 NFL Draft Preview, and we've gone over receivers, gone over quarterbacks, gone over defensive ends, and today we're going to look at the cornerback position for this year's class, and a very, very special edition of the podcast because I finally have a guest, and it's none other than one of my best friends and one of the foremost experts of the quarterback position that I know, Ivan May. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you finally get to talk to somebody other than myself. So uh, thanks. All right. Hey, it's it's a pleasure, Derek. It's a pleasure, man. Uh, I'm I'm honored to be on the show. This is awesome. I've been looking forward to this all week. Loving so, loving the loving the energy. I, I had to make a little sacrifice to have you on the show because you're about fifty percent of my audience right now. I think it's just you and my dad. So I lost about fifty percent of my audience, but I think it's worth it having you on as a guest uh, because. Like I said, you know the cornerback position. You played cornerback at Stony Brook University, Division One AA school there in New York. So, if there's anyone that I would, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if there's anyone I would rather, uh, I would have the, to uh, break down this position with. It's definitely you, and I always love talking football with you. So I'm excited to hear your opinions on this year's class because it's one of my favorite positions. I, I know it's, you don't hear me complimenting cornerbacks a lot just because being a receiver, but <laughs> it's one of my favorite positions in this year's draft. I think there's actually a lot of depth, especially first, second round. 100%. So I can't wait to, to hear your opinions on this year's class. Um, I just want to start just kind of leading up to this year's to next week. I mean, it's less than a week away, a few days away, and Obviously, with the coronavirus pandemic, it has changed how teams are going to go about the draft this year. The NFL has had to totally revamp the way they're going to do the draft and make it a completely virtual uh, event. And so we're seeing teams kind of go on the fly, setting up their – each general manager will be conducting the draft from their home, essentially – and be responsible for conducting picks, um, you know, basically just from their home office, which is going to be very surreal for me just to, you know, as a huge NFL draft fan to kind of see it go from this huge event where there's hundreds of thousands of people. You think of last year in Nashville where there was 200,000 people, I think, in that weekend. There was going to be probably that amount this year in Vegas, and now it's going to be a completely remote event. So it's just kind of interesting to see how teams are going to be adapting and I, I know that's something that you're interested in. So what, what are some of your thoughts for how this is going to work out? Do you think it's going to be some issues as we get closer to this? And how do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, um, it's definitely it's definitely something that kind of throws a wrench in, you know, the normalcy of things when it comes to the draft because who doesn't like, you know, all the energy from – you know, even when it was at Radio City and you got your Jets fans up there screaming for their life, even though they got no shot at winning whoever gets drafted. Um, but it's just one of those things where, you know, you kind of see how just even outside of sports, everyone has to adapt and evolve. And I think this is a great way to see how the NFL can evolve and adapt into a, you know, a different type of process when it comes to basically one of the most watched events on TV, especially for the sport. So, so I think it's, it's, it's going to be something um, cool to see. I hope everything works out smoothly. Um, thank, thank the Lord. They're kind of doing a pre-run before they do it. Cause nobody wants to see any hiccups or anybody sweating with five seconds left on the clock and they don't get who they want. Yep. So, yep. so it, it, it'll be, uh, it, it's definitely going to be something interesting to see, uh, but I think they'll work it out. I think uh, good old Goodell will take care of business and go about things. Yeah, like I, I agree. And I think it's just kind of every day you kind of hear more and more news about how they're going to do it. I was watching a interview with Rich Eisen on the NFL network. He was talking to Goodell. Uh, I don't know if he was from his basement. It, it looked like pretty nice wherever he was going it. <laughs> 
that's the thing. Like they're saying he's gonna do it from his basement, but like Goodell probably has a nicer basement than most people's three bedroom houses or something. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. That thing is probably extra still gonna be a nice setup. But he was kind of going through the details, and they're going to, I guess, call this. Uh, they're calling it a draftathon, and it's kind of a a telethon-like event where they're going to be raising money and I guess coordinating with about six different nonprofit organizations. Uh, Meals on Wheels, uh, Feeding America, certain organizations that I guess people are going to be able to call in and donate to throughout the draft. So I, I think they're, they're trying to, just like you said, everyone's trying to adapt and, and figure out ways where they could, they could help. And obviously the NFL being such a big organization um, and being so connected to the U.S. I mean, they're, they're going to definitely be able to make that impact. So it is nice to see that they're, they're going to try to figure out some ways to uh, you know, adapt and. Oh yeah, yeah. But it, so it, you know, you mentioned to me this kind of test run that they're going to be doing tomorrow, and you know, I got a chance to look into that a little bit more. And I guess they are going to be using just kind of a database of legends or Hall of Famers just to kind of go through. You know, we were thinking maybe they would be using players, and if that might be you know a way to kind of use some gamesmanship on you know what the strategies might be, but. It seems like they're going to use kind of a um, a different database to just kind of get used to the system, make things, make sure everything's working correctly, uh, make sure all the connections are, are going to be, um, you know, I, I guess on point. Uh, I guess everyone have an IT, yeah, yeah. You know, everything's probably going to be working smoothly tomorrow, and then something's going to mess up on Thursday. You know, that, that's usually how it works. That's usually how it works. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I'm sure they're gonna have some hiccups, but I guess apparent you know apparently they're gonna have times where they're gonna maybe pause the draft if something happens, some type of disconnection or or whatever. Uh, they're gonna have the clock stop, and and so it's not gonna be maybe as smooth as we're used to seeing the draft. But like you said, I I, I am excited just to see the that they're going to continue this event and just try to adapt. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's always for sports fans, especially. It's going to be nice just to have something to as a distraction, just to kind of be able to still see some type of sporting event going on that doesn't involve, you know, having a lot of people present. At, you know, as far as a crowd. Exactly. No, I'm with you. I mean, if you really look at the the real importance of the draft outside of you know teams getting that next big time player, that next franchise player, it's really, it's for the fans, right? So, you know, being able to have the fans be more involved in the draft process with things such as the draft done, I think that's amazing. So it's, it's, I think it'll be cool just to see what the NFL can take from this and still move with it in years to come, even when it doesn't have to be so remote. And I think they're going to still try to get the fans involved in other ways as well, being able to, be connected through video and, you know, voicing their reactions for different picks. Um, and then, of course, getting the, the players involved. I think 50 or 60 players were invited to participate in the draft virtually. So I'm sure it'll be some type of video chat or uh, some type of interview process that they'll be able to still be involved through maybe their social media or something like that. So it, it is nice to see. I, I know that's a big event for those those players, you know, I mentioned it the last episode. A lot of these players usually have, if they're not at the draft, participating in in the draft, wherever it is, um, you know, they're usually having some type of big party at home and having you know, hundreds of family members and you know no, local TV stations. So it's going to be a little different that they're now going to have to limit that to just a close close family. Uh, but it it will be nice just to still see them involved in it because it is a huge you know, the biggest day of their lives. So it is a huge event. So it'll be nice just to still see these prospects involved um, in some way. Um, Definitely. No, I agree 100%. So I guess now, if you know, you want to just start breaking down these cornerbacks, like I said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we This can, is we one of my favorite. To. Absolutely. This is one of my favorite oh. positions in this draft. I think it's a very underrated group. You know, there's a lot of talk about the receiver group and the depth of the receivers um, yep. but just looking at the corners especially in that kind of second round range I mean there's probably 
five, six, maybe second rounders, maybe 10 uh, corners that are going to be selected in the top two rounds. Uh, and just a lot of different sides as far as just the cornerback styles. Uh, but I, I, it's one of my favorite groups, and I think probably the most underrated group of this draft. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, it's crazy because being a corner, I actually, like, admire the wide receiver group a lot nowadays, which is kind of funny because, okay. I, I mean, playing all them years, couldn't stand them. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Derek. <laughs> but uh, we had our battles. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, we used to we used to have those good battles, great times, great memories. Um, but when you really do look at this class, I think the you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said the diversity within the class. I I mean, usually, you know, you have some corners that are at the top that are all kind of similar styles, you know, similar similar builds, same kind of like ceiling. Um, but this year, I mean, you got guys all shapes and sizes, all speeds, all styles um, from press coverage guys that can really get in your face and be physical to, you know, your soft or off coverage man corners that can get the job done from space, you know, eight, eight yards out, really make a play on the ball. Um, like really move, moving forward, like you said, easily 10 guys could be drafted in the first two rounds and every team that makes a pick within those first 10 guys, I mean, they're going to be happy with how they can use them in their scheme. Uh, but I mean, just taking a look at it, I kind of wanted to go through the top five uh, that yeah, I if had. You just want to go five to one. Just Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll just, I'll, I'll go, I'll go a little five to one. We can talk about them too. Uh, I got Jeff Gladney at a TCU. That's my number five on my board. Uh, I think this kid's got all types of talent. Uh, he's got a great knack for the football, 100%. This guy, he, he flies the ball. He makes plays on it. He's hungry, hungry, a lot of effort. Um, he's a 4-4 four, 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 four guy, right? He plays with loose hips, too, so he can really – he can open up if he needs to. He can get it going. If there's a deep post or a seam route and he's got to close that off, he can make it to get that leverage back to really make a play on the football. So I, yeah. I like him. I think he can play on both. I mean, in college, it's a little different because he could play on the boundary and the field side, but in the NFL, it kind of doesn't matter. But I mean, he's very versatile, real ball hawk player. Um, he's a playmaker. He, he fits the NFL perfect because I say this all the time. In the NFL, you got at corner, usually you're going to be high risk, high reward. Right. So you want a guy to make a lot of plays for you. Yeah, he could get beat from time to time. But as long as he's making those plays for you and getting those takeaways, that's what counts. Yeah. Um, so that's that's how I really feel about him, especially. Well, on he's one of my side. favorite guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's one of my favorite guys in this corner class. He's just so aggressive. I just love the way he plays. He'll come up and hit you on, on tackles. He's definitely aggressive in his coverage. And this is a guy I'm looking at kind of in that. 34 range, the Colts have that 34th pick. Uh, oh, he'd be great. Um, great pick for the Colts. You know, this is this is kind of that range where they still need to, in my opinion, add some young depth to the position. They added a couple of veterans, um, you know, Xavier Rhodes, TJ Carey, but those are one-year deals. And so I, I think they still do need to address the position. And someone like Gladney or some of these other guys that you might talk about that kind of in that second-round range, I think they would be great fits just to put in there and step. Oh in yeah, right yeah. And, and the thing is, is that he he can play he can play on the outside easily, right? And if you need to play him on the inside, play him in like a nickel or a dime situation, like he can still make some plays for you. I don't think he'd be as comfortable on the inside, but he could do it. Um, I mean, and his frame, the guy's frame, man, he's five yeah. ten. Or actually, I mean, he's five ten, but he plays a lot bigger than that. Man, just ask yeah, Colin Johnson from Texas; he'll, yeah. he'll let you. <laughs> but I mean, Colin Johnson just... six six. Right, exactly. So, and the thing is, is that Gladney locked him up. He had a good day against that guy. So you yeah. look at stuff like that. I mean, weaknesses wise, you can't really find too many. Uh, I already said one. He's high risk, high reward. His eyes may kind of slouch from where they need to be at times, but I think that's a scheme thing. and That's just a youth thing. In the NFL, they can get that taken care of, so I don't think that's really too much of a problem. And outside of that, I mean, 
I'm just I'm not really a a big fan of the Big Twelve air raid run and shoot because I think corners just get just demolished. Um, And I just think it's, it's kind of takes away the fact of, okay, I need to still be involved in like run support and, you know, maybe come down to play over a tight end from time to time, like more like a pro style approach. So I think that'll kind of take him a little bit of time when it comes to adjusting a little bit, just because he's kind of been in that, that run and shoot type of um, style of play. That's who he's been facing all these leaders at TC. So, So we'll see. I mean, it's uh, we'll we'll see. Um, yep. I was gonna say, I Derek. Like do you have do you have like uh, any comparisons, like NFL current NFL comparisons? I was trying to do this, and I was to like, oh, I'll, yeah, I was like, I'll throw some out. But do you have any? I actually don't have any for Gladney. What what, okay. what were you thinking? So I did him for all all the top five. So it's tougher so for got, me for corners. Like I, I don't. Yeah, I, I, it's a lot easier for me to do it with receivers. Receivers, but. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So with with Gladney, it was kind of crazy because I'm I can't stand the Chargers, right? But I really <laughs> admire this guy, and I think Casey Hayward's something special. So really, I think Gladney is kind of like a Hayward because they make plays. Like they're out on the field to make plays for. And I think all D, D coordinators love that. So I had to go with that. I think he's a yep. – I mean, similar kind of play style, similar size. I think he's going to be a good transition in the NFL for sure. Yep. And uh, just to put it out, you are a Raiders fan, just to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. I won't hold that against you on this podcast until we uh, <laughs> play the Raiders sometime this season. It hasn't been announced what date, but – I think yeah. the Colts are going to Vegas this year for a game, so uh, I won't hold that against you until the Colts play the Raiders. We might have to meet there, man. Yep. So, <laughs> so, who you got for number four? So for number four, I got Trayvon Diggs at Alabama. Young yep. Stephon Diggs, brother. Um, yep. I think Trayvon is – you You talk about one of the best athletes at the position – I'd probably have to give it to him. Um, He really is – he has extreme athleticism. Um, I mean, of course, he came from the receiver position. So, he's made plays on both sides of the football. Um, His – he really – and another thing I want to say is is that it's not just him being a good defensive back or – even a good player when it comes to his ball school, ball skills and what he can do with his hands. But I mean, he has the versatility of where you even get some return value with the kid too. So let's yeah. say if you don't have an immediate um, use for him at one of your corner positions in your scheme, put him back there and receive some punts. And I guarantee you, he might score a couple times for you. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he's got that type of versatility and value with him. He's extremely long. I mean, you look at his size. He's, I mean, if you're a corner at that size, you have all the, all the good, you know, length and the, just the attributes are there too, where he can really utilize that size to help him with his speed and his strength and everything. So I think that really is something that you have to look at with Trayvon Diggs. I mean, playing in the SEC, the guy, he was playing against some of the best every week. I know opposite side of him, there's another first round pick um, in Patrick Sertan Jr. But, um, but I think that Trayvon Diggs still had those matchups where he was, you know, really pressed for, um, you know, play in and play out which is that's tough you know on a corner oh, or yeah. any corner when you have to cover at your highest ability 100% of the time the entire game no breaks that's tough and that's something that he had to deal with down in Alabama so I think you really have to give that to him um, but yeah I mean strength wise that's where I see uh, in Trayvon and uh, Trayvon Diggs I think he's extremely good at the press um, I think almost too good at the press where he starts to kind of get too comfortable um, mm-hmm. and yeah. always wants to press where it's kind of one of those things where you're like, well, I know you're good at the press. That's great. But now can you give me a little something off, man, if I can, yeah, if I can yeah. get it. And I, and I think uh, it's, it's a strength and a weakness. So I, I think he really needs to work on that. Um, but I mean, if you really look at it, the guy's only had so many snaps at the position, you know, yep. at such a high level. So I think that's something you got to take into account and 
if you're a coach who's looking to really coach and, you know, work with a kid who's come from Nick Saban, which shouldn't be a problem, then you, you, you probably, you probably got something you can work with. And I think he's something that they could work with. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like what, if, as well. Yeah. Say what you got to say. Yeah. Uh, he, like you said, he just has those things that you look for in a prospect. He has a lot of great things going for him because he has that limited experience at corner. So when you're looking at him as far as a developmental type guy, I'm sure those coaches in the NFL, like we can still work this guy's technique out and you know, turn him into a more technical corner. But as far as his physical traits, the ball skills that he has, being a former receiver, that size, I mean, you can't teach that size. And it's, it's so valuable nowadays in the NFL with corners to have that type of size and athleticism. So he's another guy I would love at that, you know, 34, 44 range. You know, I, I don't know if he'll be there, uh, you know, early second round, but I, I think he's another guy I would love the Colts to see, uh, see draft kind of in that second round range. Um, and, you know, like you said, he was battle tested in, you know, in the SEC going up against a lot of oh, strong yeah. teams and receivers. He proved that he could play against top level competition. Oh, yeah. um, who do you got for uh, number three? Well, yeah, I mean, um, just to finish up on him real quick, on Trayvon Diggs, yeah, yeah. jumping at three, I was going to say that I, I really do see him being a good player, high-caliber player in the NFL, and I'll give him a little comparison too. Sure, yeah. I'm gonna tell you. So my comparison for NFL transition, I really like him. It's kind of like a Drake or Patrick. Yeah, I like even, that. Yeah. Even like a Josh Norman a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so kind of look for like, I mean, that's kind of the feel I get from him. I think he's going to make a good NFL player, but yeah. we'll see. That's a great comparison, especially the Alabama connection. It's, uh, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go, right there. There it is. Uh, but yeah, so number three, I got Christian Fulton. Uh, I couldn't pass up on him. I mean, my dad's from Louisiana. I'm a, I'm a, I support LSU. I like the Tigers, so I have to <laughs> Christian. Uh, I, I, it's crazy because I feel like he really is, you know, in some people's eyes, he is a top five guy. And in other people's eyes, he's just a top 10 guy. And I could completely see why, because there really is that much talent. Um, for him, I mean, if you just look at it, you look, you watch the film, the guy is feisty as I don't know what. Yeah. He play he plays some hard-nosed football. He He's a high-effort player, too. Like, you can see him play in and play out just sp- – spend so much effort out on the field, but like he leaves it all out there for his team and for himself. Like he's, he does his one eleven. That's what I love. Yeah. I love to say about him. He takes care of his job and his area and his Island and he makes it happen. So, and the thing is, is that he's not even a big lengthy corner. Like he's, it's, I mean, he's kind of like one of your, I guess you could say like a prototypical, just um, almost like the corner that you, get a lot now in the NFL, like your six foot, 190 kind of guy who runs like a four, four, five, four, five kind of guy. Like it's, it's nothing that's like crazy yep. um, where he like really, really stands out. But you watch the film, not even just his highlights, you watch a game film on the guy and you can really see the type of plays he's able to make and just the caliber of player he is. Um, and he, I mean, he's versatile too. He can play in the nickel for you if he needs to. He can get the job done from wherever. Um, but the guy's a ball hawk. I mean, he takes – he loves taking the ball away. And I think that's what NFL defensive coordinators love. They want a guy who's hungry to get the football and who wants to score because a lot of guys don't want to score on defense. But if you want to score, it's yeah. more value for me. I, I definitely noticed that competitiveness. Uh, one of my favorite games of this last season was that Florida LSU game. And yeah. I was going back and watching some of the highlights when I was doing my breakdown for Van Jefferson. And that was one of my favorite battles with Van Jefferson and Christian Fulton. And they, they went back and forth. And I think Fulton did a better job than Singletary did on, on Jefferson. Like mm-hmm. It was kind of just that case of uh, Fulton kind of being the veteran corner. And he, he kind of was able to uh, work against Jefferson a little better. But you could tell how competitive he is. And he probably, you know, the two best receivers that he went up against all season were probably on his team like, during practice. He oh, yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. like, so yeah. he's had a lot of great competition, you know, on the practice field and, you know, in games during, during competition. Oh, right. well, 
I mean, I, I really think that, uh, yeah, this guy, he probably was tested more in practice than he was on Saturday, which is crazy yep. to say. But yeah. And it really is the truth with, you know, the team that they had on the offensive side. I mean, he's probably getting cooked every day in practice yeah. um, <laughs> with Burrow and Jefferson and chasing the boys. So, um, I mean, so that that's was one thing. Yeah, that was one thing that stood out to me. Like, you know, you go through Diggs, you go through, um, you know, go through uh, AJ Terrell. Uh, the one of the common denominators was Jamar Chase in this film. Like, just how much of a beast mm-hmm. he is. Oh, he's just a monster. Like, I, I am very excited to see him. You know, in his next year, and then eventually being in the NFL, he'll he'll be oh. a, probably a top ten pick next year. But, but yeah, and it just kept on coming up. Like he he was just giving guys a lot of problems. So it was just kind of like if if you struggled against him, it was like I kind of threw that tape out the out the window just because I think he's just kind of the, you know that outlier as far as a receiver. But the fact that Fulton went up oh, yeah. and yeah. practice that probably got him a lot better. Uh-huh, 100%. And that is kind of – it's good that we're talking about this um, together because I was thinking about that. And because really if you look at it for Fulton, he wasn't even the number one corner on the team. Yeah, yeah. Sting, Stingley, the young freshman, was actually yeah. the, num- the number one corner on the team. So when you really look at some of the assignments, Stingley was kind of handling some of those assignments a little bit more than Fulton had to. Yeah. But the thing is, is when Fulton had or was presented the challenge, he was up for the challenge, which, yeah. like you said, that sense of competitiveness, it makes sense. And he's just a he's a good corner. I, I don't see anything wrong with him. I think he will honestly have a – he could honestly possibly have the best career out of all of the corners in the draft. I think Fulton yeah. will be – he'll be a longstanding corner in the NFL. <clears throat> and I – no, Go for it. And I was going to say that he also has kind of been slipping in this process to me as far as he's been kind of under the radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as I look at some of these mock drafts, I'm not sure if NFL teams feel the same way, uh, but he went from beginning of this process, maybe second corner. Like I saw him second off the board. So now he's kind of sliding, I think in that end of first round, second mm-hmm. round range. So he might be a steal for somebody. If someone picks this guy up end of the first round, I mean, oh, yeah. he, he's definitely in that upper caliber uh, of corner, and he would be a great pick for someone who needs a corner late first round. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons why he possibly could be slipping too is just because of some of the disciplinary issues that happened while he was at LSU. Mm-hmm. I honestly feel like that might be it. Because um, I don't know why he wouldn't be, you know, a first-round pick. This guy, he can really play some football. So so we'll see. But um but yeah, but yeah, uh, I I kind I like I like comparing him to Darius Slay a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I kind of yeah. like that comparison a little bit. Making plays. It's another another good one. <laughs> yeah. So number two, I'm guessing I'm guessing I I know what these top two are gonna be, but <laughs> I know right. You could say number two. <laughs> yeah. So I got C.J. Henderson there at number two, and the funny thing is too is that. I mean, I, I think he's great. I think he's going to have a great career. Um, I think he's a great cover corner. The guy can play off. He can play press. And he makes it all look easy, almost too easy. Um, the dude, I mean, he's so sticky on receivers. And he gets so many PBUs and makes so many plays, they might as well call the guy Elmer. Because yeah. he's <laughs> like glue. He's, he's just like glue, dude. And uh, – I don't know. He's, just, he's great at bringing pressure from the corner position, too. So, like, for a lot of defense coordinators that like bringing pressure from the edge, like the absolute edge, uh, they're going to have some fun with him, uh, with him in the boundary. So, if, if you're a quarterback and he's out there, this guy, he might be coming out you hot. So, I, I kind of like that um, in a corner sometimes when they're able to be more physical and show speed off the edge and kind of mix up the game a little bit. Um, but, I mean, he, he played well against all the SEC competition. Even Jamar Chase, I mean, they went at it. They had yeah. a battle. If you, if you watch that game, I mean, he was able to make some plays. And, of course, he gave up a few to Jamar. And some of that stuff is scheme stuff. I mean, if you really look at it, I mean, LSU, the way that they were able to scheme against, you know, Florida in that game, it kind of actually put CJ in, you know, failed positions. I like to I like to say usually that 
you know, a good defense coordinator will put his best players in positions to succeed. And, yeah. you know, in that game, it wasn't really the case because, see, Jamar Chase made him look a little worse than what he really was in certain times. So, um, but yeah. I mean, he, the kid's fast too. I mean, you're talking about 4.39, 4.4 speed. He moves effortlessly on the field. And he's strong, too. I mean, the guy, I think he put up 20 reps on the bench in the combine, which is that's yeah. a good amount of reps for a corner. So you got to you gotta look at all those things. The dude made so many plays in, in college, too. I think he scored more touchdowns than a lot of guys who get drafted on the offensive side of the ball. So, so um, And I went so, back and forth as far yeah. as him and, you know, him and I'm guessing your next guy, Okuda. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to make that <laughs> guess yet, but I'm not going to spoil it. But I went back and forth as far as who the best, corner was and I, I think Henderson might be a better cover corner um, like I, I really liked Henderson I was very tempted to put him in my number one spot but it just he, he doesn't quite have that all-around game and the one huge weakness that I saw was his ability to tackle and it looked like at times he doesn't want anything to do with the tackle like he will not come up flying like you know some of these other guys yeah. see yeah. me, you know, it, it, yeah. does not really come up to the tackle so that, that was kind of the one thing in his game that I thought didn't quite get him that number one spot for me. And he'll probably have to fix at the next level with some of these guys that, you know, if, if you throw screens or you throw just quick hitches, something like that, I feel like teams will, will try to expose that if he's not going to want to come up and tackle. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right, 100%. He could – I even had that on, as a weakness too. I said – I was like, he needs to be a little bit more physical, especially at the line of scrimmage. It's just one of those things where, you know – you you have to want to tackle. It's yeah. not. It's kind of almost being you know an offensive lineman and wanting to block. Yeah. Nobody yeah. really wants to do it, but at the end of the day, you got to do it. Like yeah. or not an offensive lineman, but a tight end wanting to block the corner. You got to tackle. Like that's your your job is to defend and tackling is just part of the game. And I think he does. You see him make some good plays, but if it's an open space, <clears throat> he's he's not really the one to really get physical. So so we'll see. But and he has I mean, the physicality. I, I do like him definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's he his size is great. I mean he he transitions well to the NFL. He just needs to want to tackle a little bit more, and I, I think that's going to be something that the defense coordinator is going to have to get out of him. Um, but I mean, I, and outside of that, I think sometimes he does play a little high. He gets a little bit lazy with his technique um, because I feel like he knows he is that good and he does move that well out on the field. So it's just one of those things where, you know, late in games, he needs to keep it, keep it going a little bit, um, yeah. you know, stay strong through the game, play to the last minute and just, you know, lead by example out there. I think he'll be – I think he could be a great corner. I, I kind of like him looking like uh, Stephon Gilmore late in his career if he if everything pans okay. out. Another good one. And for you, as a Raiders fan, I'm guessing that they're going to be looking at maybe adding corners to this draft. He might be there for you, you know, in that early part of that first round. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, no, yeah. I don't know if he'll end up getting that far, but I, I think that's someone that they might take a look at if he gets to him. You're right. I mean, the Raiders – Gruden, I mean, Chucky, we, we definitely do need um, another corner, another good corner. I think C.J. Henderson would be a, a great add. Um, I'd love to see him back there with Abrams next year. So so we'll see. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they got to build up that defense, and I think he'd be a great add to him, especially if he starts making some of those plays at the line of scrimmage. And, and also another kind of way to look at it, too, I was thinking about what the Lions are perhaps going to do with that number three pick. And you yeah. see a lot of people thinking that they're going to you know, send that three pick on the corner. And maybe because you have a guy like Henderson, who if you're confident in him that he could be one of the top corners in the draft and compare kind of being that upper tier, that you might want to use that three, three pick and just trade back, get some picks, and feel confident that even if you trade back, you still might be able to get a top two corner, uh, you know, even if you do trade back later into maybe eight or nine or something. Um, so I, I think it's, it just makes sense for me for the Lions to maybe trade back if they were thinking about getting a corner with number three. Yeah, I, I honestly, looking at this class, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I don't think I would actually use um, a top five pick on any of the corners in this draft. Yeah. Um, just because so many of the corners in this draft are very – I don't even want to say they're generic, but like there's a lot of corners that they're going they're going to get the job done. But a lot of these corners going to be like your Champ Bailey or going to be like 
You know, even your Stefan Gilmore, a guy who can yeah. almost be like an MVP caliber corner. I don't really, I don't really see it too much in this class, but you never know. I mean, ten years down the line, might yeah. be a two-time defensive player of the year in this. So you have no <laughs> idea. Yeah. And I know, right? And I and I think going to number one, just yeah. to jump to Jeff. So Mr. Okuda at Ohio State. Uh, I mean, the guy, the guy is really like one of those corners who's just he's so fluid, right? Like I I think I watched that combine drill of him backpedaling and coming out of his break and like moving his hips and really going through that whole drill so yeah. fluid. It almost I I was mesmerized by it. I want to say I watched it probably fifty times <laughs> because the thing is is that like as a corner you really kind of you admire good technique, especially if you're a corner like myself. When I played, I was always about technique. I was very technical, and I like to do a lot of things right, even if it wasn't always the best result. Because usually, if your technique is there, you're gonna get a lot of good results more than not. And I think with him. You look at some of his technique in the press. You look at it when he has to kind of slide into the nickel at times. You look at it when he's in his back pedal and, you know, they're running a deep post or running a fade on him. And you can see that eyes and hands cutting off the post. He's extremely technical to the point where he just doesn't make those mistakes. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do I think he's going to be one of those guys that makes just tons of plays, a lot of takeaways and things like that? I don't necessarily think he'll be that guy in the NFL. Really, I think he he'll make the plays when they come to him. Um, but I don't I don't think he's going to be one of those guys who's you know getting six, seven, eight interceptions in a year and just you know making huge plays like that. But I don't think he's going to be much of a risk out there or much of a liability. I think he's going to be a guy that will be able to handle his thing on his island. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. His his sense of fire is behind his game. That's for sure. And that's that's where you start to separate the top tier guys is when they can combine that technical game to the athleticism. Like he has all the athletic traits that you want, and then he combines it with that technical ability, like you mentioned. And some of the things I was after that combine, I mean, you know, you're technical when people are starting to criticize you for being too technical. I don't know if you saw some of the stuff people were criticizing him for being uh -huh. too technical at the combine. Oh yeah, uh, that, yeah. That's, how, that's how much he pays attention to detail as far as mm -hmm. and that, that's going to be very important you know at, when, as he gets to the next level because he's going to be with a lot of guys who are going to be able to match him athletically so that's when the yeah. details come into play even more I think he'll be able to step up to that that next level and you know as you mentioned maybe not a champ Bailey or you know one, one of these guys that's you know that on that here, yeah, but yeah, exactly. I think he'll be a solid number one corner that you don't really have to worry about um, you know, getting exposed. Uh, one thing, just to kind of bring this up, not necessarily a weakness, but do you think that he got helped out just a tad bit with his defensive line play the last couple of years? Because he had Bosa, he had Young, he had some studs that were providing a lot of pressure. Do you, do you think that goes into the evaluation process at all for some of these teams when they look at a cornerback who has you know such great D linemen that, that he's had the, the chance to play with? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great way to look at it. Uh, I, I mean, every corner knows that, you know, a, a great defensive end becomes your best friend uh, because, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you could get – you could get two, three more interceptions or takeaways a year just because you have one of the best defensive ends or pass rushers that's rushing from the side you're covering on. So, I mean, that's, that's a great, um, a great observation because he really has had some of the best um, pass rushers in the basically throughout his whole career at Ohio yeah. state, which kind of, it could take away from, you know, some of his, uh, value when you really look at is he really that good at that yeah. position and you, it kind of relates to a weakness that I was thinking of with him where he is great with technique and pretty much every facet of the game but I do think when you look at him he does rely a lot on his footwork because he knows he has such great feet mm -hmm. and because he knows he has such great feet it's one of those things where sometimes corners that it's not that they're not physical, but when they're in press technique, they almost don't utilize some of that strength 
like within the technique at the line. So they're really not as physical. And sometimes he gives up that inside shoulder a lot and he utilizes his feet. And I think a lot of the times when you see him make plays on quick slants or even drags or things like that, it's usually because there was some type of pressure on the quarterback to make a bad throw. And that's, and I think that's, I think that is a great observation you brought up because I can, I could easily, I could see that. That's for sure. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. I'm sure when he gets to the league, he'll, he might step, take a step back and be like, why am I not getting these, you know, some of these batted balls and so like, Oh yeah, I'm not playing poster and stuff like that. But exactly. You better give that boy a good D line. Yeah. I think it is interesting to kind of think about some of those other you know, aspects, some of those other factors, because um, it is yeah. a game. I mean, it's very rare to just isolate. It's hard to just isolate a player. There's a lot of different things going into it when you when you evaluate these mm-hmm. guys. So I'm, I'm sure that, that might be something that, that teams look at. But then again, he, he's just so sound in just about every area that, you know, I, I still think he'll be the first cornerback off the board, uh, you know, come Thursday. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised either. I think he'll be there. I think he'll be the number one guy, and um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a you know a very long career in the NFL, making a lot of plays. All right. Well, I appreciate you breaking down that top five. Uh, yeah, it was pretty close to to what I had. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. I said that that group is very talented, uh, very underrated, and I think there's a few guys outside of that top five that that have a a chance to maybe be drafted before some of those guys are right around that same range. But um, are there any other guys you know, outside of that top five that, that you like in this class? Yeah. I mean, I know, I know we've spoke a little on it um, and I, I really think, cause I know you're going to throw them out there. I know Damon Arnett, Ohio yeah. state. Uh, I, I like him a lot. I think he's another good corner um, that might actually be able to kind of even sneak in maybe ahead of Christian Fulton or Jeff Gladney, just depending on what people look, what coordinators are really looking for. Um, because, I mean, he did go to Ohio State. That might as well be a DBU. And I think he's a, a player that's going to make a lot of plays for you. He likes yep. being around the football and he's a physical player. Um I feel like the only thing with him is he might not be that blazing speed guy who's going to be able to run with a Mike Evans or a Julio if it's a 50-yard bomb. Um, yeah. But, you, I mean, maybe he ends up playing for Tampa or maybe he ends yeah. up playing for Atlanta. <laughs> he doesn't have to worry about it. So, yeah. I mean, he, you, know, you, don't, you don't know, but I, I think I think he's somebody you definitely got to look at too. Yeah, I, he's another guy that I really like. Uh, I think that was kind of the, the one – Concern for me as well is just that long speed. Um, but also, I think more than Okuda, to him when I was watching film, I, I think he was more of that guy that that D-line had a, a lot to do with some of his interceptions, where he had, I think, three or four interceptions off of batted balls. And he, he definitely has the ball skills, which I, I love the way he was able to go up and get those. But you just would kind of see how much of an impact Bosa and Chase Young had because about three or four of Arnett's interceptions were off of battered balls or some type of pressure uh, from those guys. But I do like I do like hey, the way a pick is a pick, up. man. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same <laughs> in the stat book for sure. Uh, but I do like Arnett, especially that kind of second, third round range. Uh, I guess we can co- kind of go back and forth on, on some. Yeah, definitely. Guys. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, another guy is uh, Jalen Johnson uh, for mm-hmm. Utah. Uh, I, I really like Johnson. Um, I think he's kind of that same guy, just all around. He has the size. He has the physicality. He's, he's just a very just smooth corner. It's, he's not really that flashy, but he just, when I was watching the film, he just was able to cover his guy and make plays just consistently. Went against a, a lot of top guys in that Pac-12. And, like, you know, you mentioned that just that uh, we were talking earlier about Utah's defense, just a you know, standout defense, and he was one of the main standouts you know, of that defense. Uh, so I, I think he's definitely that – that second round top, you know, I would not be surprised if he gets maybe end of the first round. Um, 
because he ran a good time at, at the combine and just kind of has all those physical tools to add to that uh, ability at corner. So I, I, I definitely like Jalen Johnson from Utah. Yeah, I think uh, I think Jalen is uh, he's I mean he's a prototypical corner. The guy's got great size. He's got good speed, lengthy, likes to make plays. Um, he's he's a part of a defense where a lot is expected of you and you got to be making plays on the back end. You kind of got to, you got to take care of business back there. And I think that's one great uh, value add for him when a defensive coordinator or a head coach is looking at taking him on their team, because you know that he comes from a very good, strong and still like defensive background, defensive nature type of program. Um, yeah. So I think, I think that's something great to see. Um, when you bring in a kid um, where it's not like one of those things where, hey, we put up 50 points every game. Let's just not try to give up 30, you know. Yeah. So I think uh, with with I think it's kind of one of those things where def- defense is really something and keeping guys out of the end zone is something still in Jalen Johnson. So I, I, I can't wait to see him in the NFL. I think that would be something great to see. Um, Anybody else? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, we could, we could kind of ramble it off a little bit. We, we I, can just go, I mean, uh, we can just go. Let's, back and let's stick, let, yeah, let's, let's stick with, uh, let's stick with Utah. Let's stick with the Utes, and yeah. I'm gonna go throw in uh, Javelin Gidry, and I know this one. A lot of people will be like, "Wow, why are you throwing in Javelin Gidry? He's probably like a fourth or fifth round guy," you know. But the thing is, is that we all know that NFL teams and great teams are not built off of the first round or maybe even the second. You get your strength in those middle rounds where you can come across some gems and some absolute just great finds um, from players. And I think Gidry, the reason why I like him so much is I don't like him to match up with your, let's go back to him, Mike Evans or your big body guys. That's not why I'm, I'm throwing Gidry on the list. I'm throwing Gidry on the list because his versatility and what he could do in the nickel and how he might be able to lock up, not might, but how he'll be able to lock up guys like your Cooper Cups or yeah, your yeah. Mandolas, you know, and your and your, even your Edelmans. Like because those guys do a lot of damage in the league, and not every corner feels comfortable playing inside or feels comfortable playing at that nickel. Because, I mean, you still got to play – you got to make tackles, too, at that position. So, if they're running the football, you turn into a linebacker. And that's one of those things where I think Gidry could really transition into that and be a great add for um, yep. some defenses in the NFL. So, so I look forward to seeing him. I, I like Javelin. He, he stood out to me in this process, just looking maybe at some guys in the maybe middle end of day three. Uh, for, the, for the Colts, he – I don't know – he would be someone they would look at because they have such a strong slot guy in Kenny Moore. But still, I would love to have someone like Gidry on my team with that speed, with that versatility to, you know, even to be able to maybe have, you know, he has the speed, 429, 40, one of the yeah. fastest guys, not even just football players, but you know, he was a finalist for the, the U.S. finals in the 60-meter dash and you know, indoor championships like this guy can fly he can so he fly. Has the speed to even work outside if they needed him uh, I think he will be primarily a slot corner but this someone I, I think I would love to have on my defense just to have that type of speed and athleticism and as you mentioned with uh, you were talking about some of these guys maybe having some special teams ability as well I think this is a guy you could put as one of your gunners early on and, you know, he could, he could be a great gunner for you on special teams just to kind of add that different element uh, to your team while he develops as, as a corner. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I like Gidry uh, definitely as well. Um, and then one guy I, I do have to, to mention before we get into these, some of these day three guys, like day two, day three guys, A.J. Terrell. That's one guy I don't, I don't yeah. think we've talked about. Yeah. He's, he's another to- guy. You know, he's my – I actually might have him as my number three corner my, my uh, on my board. But he's another guy that's just very solid, battle-tested, went up against a lot of guys, you know, had a great battle against Jamar Chase mm-hmm. uh, in that championship game. But uh, I think he's another guy to look for kind of in that turn of that first, second round. Mm-hmm. Um 
teams still looking for that top corner. I, I think he will be a, a potential steal for somebody kind of in that turn of that, that first, second round. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think with A.J. Terrell, I was going to bring him up too. I, I think that he uh, he's going to bring great value to any team, uh, and I think he'll fit any scheme. Uh, Brett Venables, that guy is, of course, he's the best defense coordinator in the in the in college. Uh, that's what I think. Yeah. Um, what the way he can draw up how to play some of these corners in you know great positions to make plays, right? Regardless if it's man coverage or a zone blitz scheme or even um, just you know a cover three or cover two look, it's just the fact that I mean AJ Terrell the guy can make plays regardless of whatever he's, whatever he's playing. Like it's one of those things where I look at him too, as has it been the D line? And I think that is kind of one of those things that, you know, also I kind of throw in there and think of sometimes is just, there's some guys on that Clemson defense that have made a lot of plays and they put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And they yep. force some bad balls. And AJ Terrell, he's been, you know, lucky to be there when those bad balls are thrown at sometimes. But I, I mean, I you can see that he makes plays. The guy's played at the national championship level multiple times, and he really does have like that pedigree of where this guy could really make some plays in the NFL and transition well. So, so we'll see. Anybody else that you're? Uh, yeah, yeah, on um, your radar. Yeah. <laughs> I was so we. I know we were talking about this a tad bit, um, and I really wanted to bring him up because I feel like if this was last year and he felt like coming out, this would have been a complete different conversation. And that's Bryce Hall out of Virginia. I, I think, I think Bryce Hall. When you look at a guy like Bryce Hall, you almost can't go wrong with him, even though he had the bad injury. I believe it was his ACL, correct? I, I think it was an ankle injury. Yeah, or it, 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 Achilles, right? Maybe. Okay, bad ankle. Oh yeah, it was a broken, yeah, broken ankle. I think. So even with that injury, you look at it and you're like, okay, but that's an injury you can come back from. That's not a tough injury when you really look at, you know, some things that are going to hurt him. I think the only thing that really hurts him probably is his long speed. The guy's not going to be a guy. He's not a burner like that, you know. And yeah. he. But he is versatile. He can. He's a bigger corner, likes to play physical, and is hungry for the football. The guy makes a lot of plays. Um, I mean, at Virginia, that guy held it down on his side of the field all the time. Never had to worry anything happening over at Bryce Hall's side. And I think that's one of those things where teams are going to take that in and be like, this guy's – I think he's second-round caliber. I, I mean, last year I feel like he probably would have been a but this year, probably like at the high, probably second round pick. But I mean, any team that gets him will be loving that pickup. That's for yep. Sure. Yeah, he's another guy that might slide just a little bit. I know it's been tough for some of these guys who had injuries later in the, the season in college. Usually during this time, they're meeting with teams at their facilities. They're getting checked out by team doctors and going through their whole process so they can get a, their own look at them. So I know that's hurting a lot of guys. We, you know, we mentioned that with, with Tua earlier and, and just some of these other guys that their seasons ended. So they may, may have not gotten those physicals that they normally would have gotten from individual teams. So I think that might hurt someone like Hall a little bit uh, for teams that don't know how he's maybe recovered from that ankle injury. But like you, like you mentioned, I, I think just from previous guys – that ankle injury is, is probably not as serious long-term as maybe some other injuries. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he can be a guy, if people forget about him, you know, he can maybe slide to the third round and someone can pick up a solid corner, uh, you know, maybe at the end of day two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I, just, like I, I really hope he doesn't slide to day three because I feel like, but if he does, someone's getting some great value. So. Yep. And that always happens. You always see somebody, it's like, well, you know, I would expect him to be a, second round pick and they slide fourth round, you know, it happens every year. It will happen this year for sure. Uh, so oh, yeah. what, what happens? He, he would be a great uh, Belichick addition. I'll say yep. that much. He would love well, <laughs> you just went right into uh, a great transition. Speaking of a great <laughs> Belichick addition, I would definitely 
say that Amik Robertson of Louisiana Tech would be someone that Belichick is probably drooling over watching film because he's one of my favorite guys. I, I think he is my favorite corner in this draft. I'm not saying he's the, the best corner. I'm putting number one, but I think this guy is going to be an absolute steal. Uh, when I watch the film, he's 5'8". Obviously, he does not have that prototypical size that we were talking about earlier with some of those guys in the top five. But when you look at his film, it kind of reminds me of as far as the receiver comparison in this draft, I was breaking down Jalen Reger. When I saw just how Reger 5'11", he looked like sometimes he was 6'4", going up for balls. you know, And that's kind of how Amik Robertson is. He plays like he's 6'3", and he's 5'8". Just the way he's going up He's not afraid to tackle. We, we talked about, you know, with Henderson maybe have, being a little shy tackling. Amit Robertson will lay the wood on you. He's, and he's one of the smaller guys in this draft. So I just love his physicality, love his athleticism, his ball skills. He, you know, he's a ball hawk. I think he led the nation or was tied uh, for the nation lead for pass breakups, had like 14 career interceptions. So he, he did it all. I know he – have the uh, less of a competition at, at Louisiana Tech, but he's just one of those standout guys to me that I think fourth round, you know, may, maybe third round, but he's probably going to be in that you know second day, maybe even third day. And if, if, if some teams are willing to kind of forget about the hype and just go after his skills, I think they're going to get a steal. Oh yeah, I mean, shoot, I'd love, I, I would love to see him stay in the state of Louisiana um, yeah. <laughs> and go to the Saints. I mean, that's something yeah, that could yeah. easily happen because I mean, it's basically, I mean, it's not right down the street, but I, I could easily see him, seeing him, I could see him transitioning and really, you know, playing well in that Saints defense. The, the guy makes plays, like you said, he's not long, he's not a big corner, he's not gonna, you know really run somebody off the field, put them on the bench. But yeah. at the same time, the guy's going to come up and he'll hit you in the mouth. Yeah. And I think that's he did do that. I mean, it was crazy. Some of the hits that he puts on oh. guys, I, I couldn't believe how hard he hit for his size. The, the thing that what I love about Amik Robertson is the guy plays fast, right? Yeah. There's no reason to put the brakes on for anybody at corner. If they don't see you speed up, don't yeah. slow down. <laughs> And that's what he does. He speeds up. <laughs> There's no brakes yeah. for this guy. And I love how he's got no brakes. He's just all full go, makes a lot of plays, man. I love it. And you mentioned, the, you know, Tyron Matthew earlier. That's kind of that guy for me in this draft. Yeah. I mean, Robertson, I think you can put him, you know, all over the field. Do you think he's going to be mostly in that slot corner position? Yeah, I feel like he'll – yeah, I feel like he'll be in that nickel slot position a lot. Um just because, I mean, you, you look at the size, and he does have some speed. So, with the speed and the size, I easily could see him playing some – like, playing strongly in that position. It, the thing is, though, is that it depends, though, because it's really – it's not for everyone. Not everyone kills it in the slot. Like, a lot of corners, I mean, it's it's really – honestly, it's night and day. I always would think of it as, like, dang, I got to be on the inside now. Like, yeah. I don't have the sideline to help me. Like, I – it's you're out in no man's land. The island's actually way more isolated. Um, yeah. But I mean, I could see him doing it. He looks hungry. He's physical too. He can come up and smack somebody. So I, I could easily see him playing on the inside. So it, it's going to be interesting because I, I like his style of play a lot. It's, it's a lot. really fun to watch. He's one oh, of those yeah. guys. If you're trying to break down these prospects. You want to see guys that just jump out of the film, and you're you're just kind of like, whoa, like wow, that's like very impressive the way that person plays. So I, I, I think he's going to make a team very happy uh, drafting him, you know, probably third, fourth round. Uh, oh, yeah. Potentially. And that's just based off his size. If he was 5'11", he would probably be in the first round. You know, it just, I think mm -hmm. it's mostly based off his, his height. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I, th I think it's, I, yeah, I think it's a mixture of, yeah, the height, um, just the size part of everything with him. And then also, you know, the Louisiana Tech, you know, playing in, um, playing in the uh, in that conference, I'm planking. Sorry, <laughs> conference Come USA. Oh, <laughs> ah, they're conference USA. Yeah, so they're in conference USA. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely it's tough. 
Um, but I think that he's going to be able to play extremely well because, I mean, you look at the his talent level and what he did in the conference, that's what matters. He did so much more than the next guy at his position. So it really does show that he could have played at a higher level and probably just played just as good. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where if you're not a blue chip guy coming out of high school, sometimes you're just not dealt the best college hand, but who knows, you might be the hall of famer after your NFL career. So, who knows? so yeah, we'll yep. see. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I, I, to be honest, those are a lot of the guys I kind of wanted to go over. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll mention just a, a few more guys just rounding up. Go for it, yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm obligated being uh, in Indiana. I got to mention a Notre Dame guy every podcast. So Troy Pride <laughs> is someone that I, I like uh, watching. He's had a solid career at Notre Dame. Um, did get invited to the Senior Bowl, uh, you know, put together some, some good practices at the Senior Bowl, going up against some of those guys. And, you know, this – he kind of reminds me, I'll, I'll kind of wrap him into um, Michael Ojemudia uh, from mm-hmm. Iowa. They kind of reminded me a lot of like each other, just solid guys. They were both seniors, weren't really flashy, didn't have a lot of like production as far as interceptions, but very solid corners, have good size, both ran in the four fours at the combine. So I think those yeah. are guys kind of in that day three range that, that you might be able to, uh, to get that are, are solid, solid guys. Uh, I'm probably gonna not pronounce this correctly, but uh, Noah Igbenogany, um, <laughs> Auburn. I mean, this is another guy who could be a potential steal. The dude can fly. I, I don't know if uh-huh. he's seen this film. This he's dude can absolutely fly. Like, this is one of those natural runners where he just kind of glides, you know, cr- across the field. Has some return <laughs> ability as well that he can add to a team right away. Uh, so that, that's another guy, kind of maybe in that third round range, maybe even sooner than that, but the guy that stood out to me. Um, and then just, just to kind of end my, my dark horse and, you know, another uh, obligatory mention, just being a San Diego State Aztec, I got to mention. Ah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> fellow Aztec who led the nation and tied for the, the nation lead in interceptions and also tied for uh, pass breakups as well with uh, Amik Robertson. Uh, but a guy that I think has gotten slept on a lot in this process, he really I think, was one of the guys you can put kind of in that category of guys who really um, just missed out on kind of having this offseason process, having a pro day. You know, he was not invited to the combine, so he didn't get a chance to uh, participate in the combine. Uh, and just because of these, a lot of these pro days being canceled, uh, he, he missed out on his pro day, and it's kind of that chance to show even more scouts what he could do. So uh, I think that hurt him a lot in this process. Uh, I think he'll still get drafted. I think he did put together some good film and put together, obviously, the, the production this year. But one of those guys we mentioned with Trayvon Diggs, who transitioned from receiver to uh, corner. So he does have that athletic ability. He's still yep. developing technique as a corner. So I think he does have those athletic traits. Um, I, he put together a kind of his own pro day, I, I was saying. And I, I don't know how much weight you're going to put into some of these kind of pro days because, you know, he, he said that they ran, you know, ran a 4-4, four, four, like 42-inch vertical, some of these things. But these are all unofficial results. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how much weight you put into these things. But I think he does have the athleticism that you get at the next level. I would like to see him considering that he was a receiver, I'd like to see his ball skills be a little bit better, especially attacking the ball. A lot of his interceptions, yeah. he was letting the ball come in into the him. Yep. Yeah, I, I, which kind of surprised me considering that he was a receiver. I'd like for him to go up and use that length. High point that uh, bad boy. Yeah. High point it. But another guy, maybe sixth round, seventh round, kind of end of day three, uh, I think I think a team will be able to get a nice developmental corner that they can maybe uh, maybe turn into a starter one day. Oh yeah, no, I, yeah, I mean it's it's going to be good to see a lot of guys come off the board at the position. Um, I mean, you have you have so many needs for the position, right? I mean, there's teams that have six six corners on the roster now, and that's just because you do need that depth at the position with you know all the different 
you know, schemes and you got to do a lot of different install and some matchups kind of just fit different. So it's, it's just kind of, it's a way to help teams have more versatility with how they're able to utilize their personnel. And I think it's going to be cool to see a lot of these young guys get a shot at being a part of that with some of these defenses in the NFL. Well, hey, uh, I think that pretty much as far as those guys it wraps it up for me. Again, I appreciate your time. Thanks, man. This has been awesome. I always love talking football with you and getting your opinion on these cornerbacks. You know the position better than anybody that I know. So I, I knew I knew you'd be able to break them down a lot better than I can. So uh, I appreciate. Hey, man, you did. Hey, you did pretty well, man. You, I, I hear I'm, you. I'm trying. I'm trying. You, you know <laughs> it. Though. You know it. Shoot, you, you talk about attacking the football, and you can you can you can definitely dish it out. So no, it's been fun right to. Uh, break down some of these guys because this was a position that going into the process I wasn't really familiar with a lot of these guys mm -hmm. and it, and then I started going a little deeper into this class and this is one of the better positions I think as I mentioned before is I think this is a very underrated group of guys so I'm excited yeah. to see where a lot of these guys end up going I think they can make contributions right away and the corner is a very important position nowadays just with how many people are throwing the ball you need depth at corner, and I think this is a class that could provide a lot of nice young depth for a lot of teams. Uh, so I'm excited to see kind of how these guys pan out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to see. You see a lot of these young corners come in and make an immediate impact, and that's not just good for them, but it's also good for the team because, I mean, <laughs> they're not as much of a cap hit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so they put, yeah. they put a lot of the older guys out of a gig. But, you know, that's the cool thing about these young guys coming in the league. So it'll be uh, it'll be good to see him play. That's for yep. sure. So, again, yeah, I appreciate you. your time. Thank you for being the first guest on the podcast. Uh, it's an honor, man. It's home. an honor. It's a huge milestone for me to have, to have a uh, quality guest such as yourself. <laughs> and, um, you know, just to kind of plug you a little bit, I know that you like covering college football. You have your go get them picks. Yeah. episodes that you like to put out on your YouTube channel uh, covering college football uh, betting during the season. So uh, for those of you listening, definitely check Ivan out and go get him picks. Uh, it's something I, I was actually thinking uh, if you want to maybe come back before this draft or something you might want to consider doing for go get him picks is a little prop bet uh, for the draft. Maybe, maybe uh, looking at some of these <laughs> props and, yeah. and uh, you know, seeing if we can, um, you know, have a little episode just covering some of these prop bets that may be coming out. Because there, there are some definitely – it's always fun to kind of look at these these things that come out. And uh, obviously, with not many sporting events going out, this is probably one of the more uh, exciting things uh, happening for, for this next week is the draft. So it might be – Oh, yeah, man. Hey, I'm – hey, you, yeah, you're putting me up to the test on that one. I like that. Yeah, we'll have to – We'll have to do another one and uh, go over those props for the draft because that's always fun, you know. It's better than uh, ta table tennis and esports. Yep. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, hey, you're always welcome. I hope you want to actually come back uh, to the to the podcast, uh, but you are always welcome. I hope you come on more and we can talk about uh, many more football topics. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's always a lot of news to, to talk about, and I'm looking forward to this draft and seeing how it plays out with this, uh, you know, this virtual draft, this draft-a-thon, whatever you want to call it. It's going to be very surreal from, from someone who loves the drafts and follows the draft every year just to kind of see how this plays out. So it'll be interesting as we get closer and closer to Thursday. Very, very interesting. I'm, I'm Yeah, I'm looking forward to taking a look at it and uh, enjoying it. That's for sure. Go Colts, huh? Go Colts. <laughs> Go Colts. And I uh, hope, uh, hope everything's going well out there. Um, Definitely. Hope you're, you know, everyone listening is safe and healthy. I know this crazy times going on, uh, but just trying to stay positive. And it's nice to have these distractions here and there, uh, like the NFL, like the draft, just to be able to uh, just have something to look forward to. So again, I appreciate your time, Ivan. Look forward to getting you back on the podcast very soon, and uh, have a good rest of your night. One hundred percent. All right, D White. I'll see you, man. Keep it All going. Right, man. Thanks. All right.